Hello, everyone. Welcome to our episode of Yale College Voices. And today I'm excited to introduce you to Marissa Figuera, uh, who is a dedicated professional and plays a crit critical role here at U Yale University. Uh, so Marissa's journey began at Yale in 2007. And over the years, you, she's had some uh, remarkable contributions to the university's growth and development. Uh, Marissa has a background in HR and a strong commitment to fostering positive employee relations. Uh, she has continually demonstrated her expertise and leadership in this area. So in 2022, uh, Marissa was selected as a member of the inaugural cohort of the Emerge Leadership Program, which I also just recently wrapped up. Um, Emerge is a presidential initiative uh, designed to retain staff and develop leaders throughout the campus. And Marissa is also our uh, executive sponsor of our Yale College DEIB Advisory Committee. And then uh, in 2023, so this year, uh, Marissa achieved another significant milestone when you became um, part of Yale College uh, as a director of operations. Um, where you coordinate operational efforts across the, the college. Uh, so you, uh, Marissa's responsibilities extend to the residential colleges as well as other uh, departments, student affairs and engagement. Uh, Marissa plays a, a crucial role um, uh, in the college's main interface with hospitality, facilities, and other university-wide operational functions. Uh, so Marissa's commitment to excellence and her ability to lead and manage teams is, uh, it's been evident throughout her career. Uh, her educational background includes degrees from Rutgers University and also University of New Haven. Uh, she also has held various roles in HR at Yale, including diversity coordinator in the Office of Diversity and Inclusion. So I'm so happy to have you here today, Thank you. Uh, Marissa. Um, you know, we've worked so uh, recently in, in our, our work with the uh, DEIB Advisory Committee. So, um, you know, I'm just so happy to have you here and happy to meet you. And we've had a chance to chat a little bit yeah. and get to know you. So um, I'd love to hear more about your journey and, you know, what uh, your journey was like in, in terms of your career before you joined Yale. And then once you joined Yale until your uh, current position today. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> thank you for having me, Doris. Sure. Um, so the, oh, my journey before Yale, mm -hmm. um, it feels like, I mean, I've been here for over 15 years. Wow. It feels like my professional identity is sort of <laughs> very closely sort of related and shaped, um, mm -hmm. by the university. Um, I, so before Yale, so I did college, so I, I was at Rutgers Newark, mm -hmm. um, and really sort of started a lot of my professional career there, um, either as a college student or my sort of first official job mm -hmm. was also at an institute, an academic institute um, that was part of Rutgers that had mm -hmm. a very academic name, which was the, still is, the Institute on Ethnicity, Culture, and the Modern Experience. Oh, wow. Okay. Mouthful, but it was an amazing <laughs> place. Um, when I started college, I, w I still am just highly curious, interested in everything, mm -hmm. in every job. I mm -hmm. find everyone's roles really amazing. Um, but I had a high interest in 
some sort of community work in social justice work. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a lot of internships in New York and in various places in, in New Jersey. And then I started working with the Institute on Ethnicity, Culture, and the Modern Experience mm-hmm. as my as one of my internships that then led to a job. And um, in that place, we were doing a lot of um, community educational work around um, um, civic justice and information and education on civic justice, um, including a lot of um, sort of now historical figures and um, really critical points in, in history mm-hmm. um, and doing large lecture series and just really great programming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved it deeply. Mm-hmm. Um, I um, My then boyfriend, mm-hmm. so when I was in college, mm-hmm. um, my then boyfriend told me that he was joining the Navy mm-hmm. and um, I walked out of the coffee shop that we were in. <laughs> um, and then at some point, I'm not sure when, we um, sort of made up um, and I left Rutgers to then go to South Carolina. So he was stationed in South Carolina. Oh, okay. So a bit of on a, a, I'm sure my parents think of him. Um, <laughs> we eloped. We moved to South Carolina. We oh. lived in a naval base in South Carolina, mm-hmm. which was a world that could not be more foreign from anything. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. At, just from the military experience to living in the South, I had traveled quite a bit in high school, but mm-hmm. I had not sort of living in a place is very different. Right, right. Um, and when I moved to South Carolina, I had to really think about a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. 22, didn't mm-hmm. drive and needed to make some quick <laughs> right. life adjustments. And um, I looked for nonprofit work because I was certainly deeply connected to wanting to do that. But uh, there really isn't the nonprofit culture in the South that there was in um, in in the New York, New Jersey area. Mm-hmm. So um, I did find um, uh, a career fair and I walked up to... Um, the person that became my boss and said that he really should hire me mm. to be an assistant, um, a human resources assistant. Okay. And this was for an orphanage uh, in oh, South wow. Carolina, mm-hmm. which was one of the few um, nonprofits. I had already sent them my, my, my resume, but I didn't hear back. Mm-hmm. And so I walked up to Tony and I said, I'm not sure why you haven't <laughs> called me. I, you really should hire me for this job. Mm-hmm. And um, he told me my salary was too high. Because the south, the salaries in the south were very different. I was like, mm. "Oh, that's very negotiable. That's very Let's talk." I was like, "I," <laughs> um, and that really is when I started my HR career. Mm-hmm. And while it wasn't really sort of the social justice work that I really had kind of like envisioned, mm. it really was about like community work in a differently defined community. So mm-hmm. like the the employer um, and sort of that workforce as a community. Okay. And I loved it. I also thought that at the time that we would move around quite a bit Mm -hmm. um, as a result of my husband's job. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I guess it's hard to find nonprofit work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But could I do HR? Because wherever we move, somebody needs to get hired and fired. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, And so it went from just like kind of really high concept dreams about sort of social justice work to then being sort of more of a, a... a more thoughtful approach to mm-hmm. a professional career. So we, my husband was stationed in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. And when we, as we were moving to Connecticut, I started, I knew Yale as a university. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew universities employed people because I had worked at Rutgers. So right. that really was the only employer I knew in Connecticut. Really? And I started applying for jobs even mm-hmm. before we moved. Um, yes. Cause I was like, that's the only reference point I had. Right, right. Um, 
And they did. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> That's awesome. we, um, I started then, we moved in August of 2007 and I started mm-hmm. at Yale in December of 2007 as oh, an assistant awesome. in, in human resources employee relations. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's an awesome journey. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm, I'm curious about, um, your experience, like you said, before coming to Yale and, and working in a nonprofit and, and being interested in social justice and, uh, um, you know, you mentioned your experience with the, um, uh, was it culture and modern experience? And that's cool. Yes, yeah. That's good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm curious what, what drew you to that area, you know, when you started your, uh, uh, college years, what, what, uh, drove you into that? Um, so I think probably, well, I mean, we're all sort of shaped by so many different things. Mm-hmm. Um, I moved to the U.S. when I was 10, and mm-hmm. I moved from a very small village in mm-hmm. Portugal to Newark, mm-hmm. New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And those two worlds just could not have been more different really? in really great ways mm-hmm. and some sort of less great ways. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. I mean, very different. Really? <laughs> um, like a small village cannot be understated. Mm-hmm. It was a very small village. Yeah. Um, and... I think as a kid, which is, I think, common in most kids, there's always like a sense of like, is that fair? Is that fair? So I mm. certainly was always a um, very vocal child. Really? In a, um, even my, so I have a, a large um, family or, I mean, I only have one sister, but sort mm-hmm. of my parents come from very large families, so a lot of cousins. Mm-hmm. And even when I lived in Portugal, I remember my, I was my grandpa's favorite, which, <laughs> you know, maybe some debate, but I, I think it's pretty true. <laughs> right. And my grandpa would have some of us sit in the dining, so like for like larger, mm-hmm. but usually like religious holidays like Easter Mm -hmm. and there's sort of like the adults table and the kids table Mm -hmm. and um, neither of these were fancy tables Mm -hmm. but certainly like he would always like ask me to go to the adults table Mm -hmm. and there were sort of cousins my age who there just was a different relationship with for a variety of reasons and Mm -hmm. I remember being like if they can't sit at the table then I'm gonna sit (laughs) in the kitchen with them also they are way more fun than all the old people (laughs) um but even that I was always sort of like assessing sort of how people directly and indirectly sort of like valued others like including like in my own family dynamic and I come Mm -hmm. from a very traditional family from uh, mm-hmm. um, thoughts around women and mm. et cetera. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so, so from very sort of traditional ways. Mm-hmm. So there was always that. But even when I moved to the U.S., I mean, not fifth grade, but even in seventh grade and mm-hmm. eighth grade, mm-hmm. um, there was there were sort of very some very visible, distinct ways in which students were treated. Mm-hmm. Um, we were a school of all immigrant kids mm-hmm. in some capacity from well all capacities like i don't think any of most of us would not have been u.s born mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but you were either um from a variety of places from africa from central south america caribbean mm-hmm. europe but everyone there was a huge mix of kids mm-hmm. but it was very very clear in the way in which kids were treated based mm-hmm. on sort of skin color wow. various in, in behavior so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. kids that talked a little bit more were sort of treated differently than quiet kids were sort of there were sort of presumptions made around sort of like skin tone and i would say tone in mm-hmm. part because 
few were white, but they were mm-hmm. still within like a, mm-hmm. a, a very clear division. Yeah. Um, when you looked at the way in which we were all sort of ranked in classes and how wow. those classes were treated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I have like very strong feelings about that treatment, about sort of like those observations. Mm-hmm. And then even ways in which we we were not, the schools mostly now are uniform, even public schools. Mm-hmm. We were not a uniform public school, mm-hmm. but how then we were sort of told to dress for particular occasions, mm-hmm. which I had huge issues with. Mm-hmm. Um, so even I wasn't really sort of forming these ideas, but I mm-hmm. had a, a lot of issues, thoughts and pushback around mm-hmm. like how we ought to be treated or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in high school, mm-hmm. I mean, you can imagine like as a teenager, right. then obviously there yeah. was. <laughs> All the things um, that come along that, with being a teenager. Yes, and, but yeah. like that was sort of like turned up to high. Um, <laughs> there was even basic things. I remember chanting um, Title Nine in high oh, school wow. without actually knowing what it was and then learning what it was right. <laughs> in part because like our soccer uniforms were literally the uniforms from the boys team oh. from the year before. Uh-huh. And so we didn't have like our names in the back, but... Mm-hmm. Joe would have like you know you just sort of write your name like on mm-hmm. a tag on the, it was literally their like old dirty uniforms Recycled, from the year, yeah. the year before and mm-hmm. you know they're huge big, on right. us and um <laughs> and we would all chant like I, I, I was a freshman and I was like what is this Title Nine right, that we're saying right. yeah um, but you were protesting right oh already yes at an without early knowing age. what I was yeah. saying yeah uh, so there's high engagement little <laughs> yeah. knowledge um and then in in high school I was also a high school debater mm. um that was really sort of my biggest activity and I spent a lot of time doing that Mm -hmm. and while there's sort of a lot to be said about sort of the public school system that I was in there was Mm -hmm. this amazing grant to the city of Newark Mm -hmm. um, for high school debate so there had been um, preceding debate teams not even in my high school actually at at another high school Mm -hmm. um, that were led by a a former Yale alum or not I guess from a Yale alum Mm -hmm. um, and um so it was, he was one of the debate teachers at the other high school. So it really kind of like had a lot of traction. Mm-hmm. And um, I joined the debate team and it was the way in which we were able to sort of gain exposure like academically where right. sort of it was absent really in, in the classroom and just kind of gain structure and knowledge. Mm-hmm. And we got to go travel the us for debate tournaments that for is. free which i we would never have been able to afford but it was right. afford but it was really a, a great opportunity to um think more academically mm-hmm. and and th- and sort of also be exposed like that's uh, we would come to i came to yell three times in high school mm-hmm. three different years for like the debate tournament uh, so um that was sort of my knowledge right. of, of the campus yeah, yeah. um but then that sort of really kind of like emboldened me mm-hmm. and all my high school rhetoric around then the sense of like justice and and wanting to do some work um yeah that's amazing see i didn't i had no idea i didn't know all these things oh but you could tell that i was a very annoying high schooler really (laughs) (laughs) most people get that from afar like in high school yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. my parents were like got it yeah yeah. thank you oh that's great though that's awesome um how uh you know based on your experience in high school, you know, and it's interesting hearing your story because those are, you know, between, let's say, 15 to 24. Those mm-hmm. are the years that yeah. you really, for, you know, yeah, you form who, yeah. who you are. You know, you could become pretty much who you are at the core. Right. Yeah. And then, of course, we grow into adults and things change. But our experiences when when we're 
coming up um, shape us, right? Um, so, so I'm curious in turn when you take that experience, and then as as I mentioned earlier, you were part of the first uh, cohort of the Emerge Leadership Program, and uh, I was also part mm-hmm. of the second cohort. And one of the discussions that that my cohort had um, revolved around, um, you know, our core core values, how how we were brought up, and you know those experiences early early on in yeah. childhood, going into high school and college. Um, for you, how how did those experiences uh, influence your approach to leadership and and your current role yeah. here here at the college? Um. I think that like grace, like as a manager, Mm -hmm. as an employee, as a colleague, I think Mm -hmm. that grace is Mm -hmm. really, really important. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, there's respect and sort of all of these other values, Mm -hmm. but growing up and sort of just understanding like perhaps people are not coming. Mm -hmm. I mean, people are coming from their perspective Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. and their need sort of grace is sort of a space to be created Mm -hmm. to even if you don't have the time or capacity to understand that you allow at least pause before you react. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And while the fairness and treatment are sort of like at my sort of very core things Mm -hmm. that I'll, that I always sort of feel very deeply about Mm -hmm. kind of just that, that sort of isn't a value onto itself. If it doesn't come then with the understanding of the situation at hand. Um, And kind of creating that space and giving that space Mm -hmm. and grace comes like as a value that I hope to extend Mm -hmm. to extend because it's one that I deeply need right right (laughs) I'm just like yes it's I'm just trying right um (laughs) and that is like on from parenting to work (laughs) to all my I'm like cooking right i'm like just trying is it you know like is it does it meet some minimum standard in some ways and sometimes that's kind of what we need um but it's it's really that i something that i feel that i need and Mm -hmm. that i've been given thankfully so much Mm -hmm. that i i I hope to be able to extend to others awesome that's great and i and i think that's important um like you said, we're we're all not going to be perfect at everything that we do and, and juggling all of these yep. things that you just mentioned, you know, like trying to be a good parent, trying to be a good employee and, you know, yep. being a, a good leader and all of these things. And being and, a great podcast host. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. You're right. I'm <laughs> you're trying. doing. You're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, yeah. And it's it's almost like we're we can be harder on ourselves. Yeah. And we we don't allow that grace for ourselves, right? But, um, you know, it's a thing that you constantly have to remind yourself of. You have to give yourself grace. Yeah, and, that's and true. Then, yeah. And then, you know, also be able to do that for, for others. Um, so I'm curious, uh, in terms of um, your uh, uh, role with the DEIB committee, mm-hmm. because we had a conversation, too, yeah. just about, you know, it's like I'm I'm trying, right? And and um, you know, stepping into a, a new role and a committee where, um, you know, that was already formed, yep. um, and you know, it it's almost like being the new kid at school because yeah. it it's a committee that was established and people have already sort of built relationships and things like that, um, and then you're you know coming into a new committee with uh uh 
you know, some uncertainty in terms of, okay, how do I, um, you know, just how do I, how do I fit into this role and what, what can you do to contribute to the, um, the goals of the committee? And I, so I'm, I'm curious, uh, or, or if you'd like to share, um, what, uh, how, how do you think you'll take your, your early experiences? And like you said, fighting, uh, you know, fighting for, for justice and, and wanting to give folks grace, um, your early childhood experiences, like even your, your, uh, experience on the debating team mm-hmm. and, and all of those things. How do you think you'll tie that into, um, your, uh, uh, experience on the committee or, you know, how, how you'll contribute to the committee as well. Yeah. So. Um, time will tell. No, <laughs> I, I think that like the, the committee, it, I mean, it's no different than coming into a new role. Right. Um, especially at Yale where like, we're just so deeply relational mm-hmm, and it's one mm-hmm. of the things that I really love mm-hmm. about Yale. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's great, but also that that in the initial until you have the relationships, it mm-hmm. could feel a little bit isolating. You could feel I could feel a little bit as an outsider right, until right. you're sort of on the inside. Mm-hmm. So there's a um, there's nothing like strong this sort of feeling like the bond of being within mm-hmm. with that period of time of yeah, that yeah. shift, and that's mm-hmm. me as much as it is really anyone else. And right. often I actually think it's me and sort mm-hmm. of in my my own head and sort mm-hmm. of my my own insecurities. Um, but the the I, I have a role in the committee. Mm-hmm. Other members have a role in the committee, yeah. um, but is certainly one where there is a lot of like mutual interest and mutual passion. Right, right. Um, that we're trying to like understand, like really, what is each one's role and value, and sort mm-hmm. of like what can somebody bring to the table and mm-hmm. sort of strengths and interests. Mm-hmm. But they don't inherently conflict. I don't. Right. We're not fighting. No. Again, <laughs> right, we're not fighting against. Right. Um, a different mission and vision for yes, the group yeah. and that I think that that sort of like inherently even without explicitly describing that I think everyone's sort of wanting to move in the same direction which mm-hmm. is huge I yes, mean that yes. think about like a project team mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sometimes you are just rowing in very different directions right. so it's trying to especially where there are uh, here there was existing committee committee members mm-hmm. so understanding learning mm-hmm. sort of seeing right you kind of like i sort of like observe right and i'm trying to figure out like it's like a um sort of like jumping rope you kind of yeah, want to yeah. sort of see but <laughs> like, where do i dive in yeah i don't want to sort of like come in <laughs> mm-hmm. to sort of like uh, my role is not to dictate anything is yeah. to, to be um a, a, a committee member sort of right. value there yeah. and then also so, trying to see like where i can provide then in sort of my role as the executive sponsor mm-hmm. yes <laughs> as the executive sponsor like then what are the expectations from the committee to me that mm-hmm. i could engage with university or mm-hmm. ycdo leadership mm-hmm. um and then sort of like leverage that and sort of like right. defining that jointly as as a group awesome awesome yeah, yeah that, that that's great and i i think that that's um like you said it's important to remember we're all working on the same uh you know goal or initiatives yeah. right the end result is what we're really trying to get at and and uh yeah and we're happy to have you uh as as our executive sponsor because um you know, you sort of need that that person to to clear the obstacles. Yeah. yeah. You know, once once we've sort of defined all of our um, uh, 
uh, action items for yeah. the coming year, then it's like, okay, now we need, <laughs> now yeah. clear the way. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, and, and that's critical because we can't, if, if we don't have that support, there, then we probably wouldn't get as much, yeah. you know, wouldn't make as much progress as, as we'd like. So, um, so yeah, that's, it's awesome to have you. Um, I'm wondering, uh, about your, um, you know, going back to your background in HR and your in employee relations, um, do you have, does anything stand out in your mind, like a, a particular, um, you know, a moment or, you know, a pivotal moment yeah. where you felt that, uh, um, you know, it just changed your perspective in terms of wanting to continue this as, as a career. And then also, um, you know, what, what made you, uh, what, how, how did you get to d- director of operations at yeah. Yale college? What brought you into Yale college from your pr- previous role? <laughs> um, um, I, I feel like there's been a lot of um, really, really amazing, like personal and professional um, kind of like markers mm-hmm. in my 15 year, which I'll have been like up to now in HR, mm-hmm. but it really has been a very special place for me. I've, you know, I was not, I was already married, but I was not a mother. Mm-hmm. I, you know, so it's like a community right. that like, in many ways yeah. helped me mm-hmm. uh, be a better mother. Yeah. I didn't grow up with a tooth fairy. Yeah, yeah. And I remember going to my colleagues and being like, what do we <laughs> do? <laughs> um, I know what it is, but like, do we like ha- how much money? So all of these things that like, they're just, it's, it's a community of colleagues yeah. and, and friends. Mm-hmm. And that also sort of transfers to a lot of sort of professionally doing a lot of checking in yeah, yeah. and getting a lot of support mm-hmm. and having just amazing managers and leaders um certainly um i'm like do i name them do i not but i will (laughs) um i would say that there's been a lot of amazing mentors and leaders including Mm -hmm. like i had karen Wu years ago Mm -hmm. andre Mm terillion geraldine sullivan have Mm -hmm. been really critical parts um from an hr structure Mm -hmm. of my um professional career Mm um one uh I have sort of two stories to share and I think sure. I'm going to share this one Yeah, that I'd love to hear. I think it's going to land possibly differently. Okay. <laughs> so we'll sort of see how I just feel like I, I have a very different take on this story, Yeah. Uh, which is, so when I started at Yale in 2007, mm-hmm. so December, 2007, mm-hmm. um, it was a really rough transition, mm-hmm. really rough transition mm-hmm. to the university. Okay. And that's, I mean, I was just all the things. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just nameless, nameless things. Right, right. Um, and I had my probation extended, which mm. sort of the other inverse is oh, I wow. could have failed my probation. Wow. And um, I've sort of shared this, but it always feels like sort of this big thing. But I mean, yeah. this is like sort of like the grace and the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that was it was really important that that was done. I ended up, it it was just sort of rough, Mm -hmm. but it was a great opportunity that allowed me to then sort of like Mm -hmm. continue a career that's now been sort of like 15 years. Um, And um, that was tough and important and Mm -hmm. sort of all the things. Um, And it's sort of like one of those sort of like failures that like sort of, 
I don't know. Anyway, so I don't know how that sort of sounds. Yeah, um, no. uh, but to me, it's like part of my story. Absolutely. I mean, I fallen on my face so many times like I don't I I it doesn't like that those are not the components that I have a hard time ever sharing mm -hmm. but I always feel like people are like that's <laughs> awkward it isn't it just right. is like and I think part of yeah and I, I I've always felt that uh you know whether it's with my colleagues or leaders here at Yale or anywhere uh being able to admit what you know where you misstepped or admitting a failure but yeah. also where you um you know how you've grown from it or whatever you've learned from it i, I that to me gains more respect you know yeah. um because not many folks were comfortable with admitting oh i have you know, so many ever you have a lot of time there's no shortage of time but i think that that's like the the, the reality for a lot i mean yeah. i don't think that uh, many of us are like needing to have probations extended right, right. um that is very much sort of like part of my story but just mm -hmm. there was better times and then there was worse times right. and to me it was also like the i then was in many role were sort of from the eight when i then became an hr generalist mm -hmm. and even as an assistant and, and a director and sort of at that hr capacity mm -hmm. i was having a lot of conversations about people that were about their job security ultimately right, right. and there's a pretty clear lens as to like how that feels mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and or how, or how like those difficult conversations yeah. feel right because yeah. you're sort of like often just on the other side of it right, right. but so that's kind of like sort of my personal story one that i shared actually recently with my son is mm. um i sort of sat in and sort of worked with um i don't think i, I maybe she no i don't think at the time she was my boss but she had mm -hmm. previously been my boss andre terrellian mm -hmm. and i was sort of like supporting her uh sort of on the sidelines on a an investigation that she was working on mm -hmm. and it was difficult it was hard and as is often the case sort mm -hmm. of the employee comes into a lot of these conversations defensive because right. job security and yeah. they're sort of uncertain of of outcomes mm -hmm. and through the meetings that i was a part of watching an employee go from defensiveness to transparency mm -hmm. even if that transparency in some ways is like hoping that that would then have better outcomes but right. but creating a space that somebody will then share the information that you need professionally mm -hmm. to then make an assessment mm -hmm. um and communicating to the employee a decision that was not in their interest mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at all mm -hmm. and doing that with like such humanity mm -hmm. and the person commented on that to her and wow. said they disagree etc mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um but how much they appreciated the way in which they were treated in that conversation wow. and when you're giving good news yeah it's one thing right when you are asking somebody to share um information that they otherwise w were keeping for a right. long period of time mm -hmm. and then that this the sharing that information didn't yield right. it sort of yielded an ending of employment for the person mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but them feeling like they were treated well in that process right. is it's it's um 
it's not as easy to do as it might seem. I yes. think that we all kind of want to hope that we're the person that like, no matter what, but mm-hmm. that is, it was a, there's always like a, something to learn from the person yeah. from their perspective, mm-hmm. but also then sort of to watch how you can in our sort of HR terms, investigate, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. get sort of to the bottom of information, make the right institutional decision and still have the person mm-hmm. feel that they were treated humanely. Right. Um, when it's something that critical. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think why I was I was sort of sharing this with mm-hmm. my son because I, I I think that he was sort of sharing some kind of like you just you kind of never know or like the importance of just always wanting somebody like wanting to treat somebody with like a level of respect like there's right. no binaries like we're not yeah. all good and all bad right, right and a lot of tough decisions have to be made mm-hmm. but you can make a tough decision without mm-hmm. having to disregard somebody's humanity in the yeah. process and um I knew that. I hope that I did mm-hmm. that, but I learned so much from watching it being done. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's a that's an amazing story. Um, because yeah, I mean, it's obviously a a situation that that isn't comfortable for the yeah person on the you know receiving end, and for for that person to come out of that experience and still be able to say that you know some still be able to say something positive about yeah. an overall negative experience. I mean, that that's amazing because yeah. I, I think it's important to, like you said, no matter what the uh, situation is, um, to, to treat people with dignity and respect. Um, because for, for all you know, you know, and, and I don't know if you've ever crossed paths with a person ever again, but experiences people take experiences with them and you never know what situation they'll be in later yep and how they might treat someone else you know and what that impact makes on on them and and that's amazing to me because i i i'll bet you that wherever this person went that they keep how you know keep that in mind how, how you treated them they keep that in mind in terms of how they treat others or whatever situation they've been in. Yeah. Or I think that the person could question a lot about the ultimate decision and feel right. how they might feel, but in their own words, yeah. a sense of appreciation right. for for how you're treating somebody. Like mm-hmm. a lot of us have to make difficult decisions exactly. on a daily basis, yes. right? Like yeah. uh, saying no to our children right. is not easy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, They're very persuasive. <laughs> but you know, as managers, mm-hmm. right? Like it's... And sometimes the easiest thing seems to be to just like um, give the person what they want or say no Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. you don't want to make them feel bad. But Mm -hmm. there's ways in which we can communicate important information that's important to them. It's important to you um, without kind of sort of like stripping Mm -hmm, kind mm -hmm. of like that. Like, you know, we're all like you've made a mistake. Mm -hmm. That's I mean, sometimes it's not fine. Sometimes, <laughs> okay. but like, but you've made a you've made a mistake in communicating yeah. that doesn't mean that like I'm you're not valuable right. as a human being, right? right? And sometimes exactly. like the weight in which we communicate some information mm-hmm. could seem like we could sort of be thoughtful about how to mm-hmm. communicate it clearly. Like, oh, that's uncool, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but not that you like or not value like you shouldn't yeah. like exist on planet earth right, anymore exactly, because you didn't exactly. cross a t right there's yes. sort of like a balance in which you do that right absolutely absolutely um 
Wow, that, that's a great story. Um, I'm curious about, um, in terms of, uh, you know, going back to the DEIB committee, uh, and we all, you know, we had our meeting recently, and we're brainstorming, and and I and I was just curious if if you had some ideas about uh, what you envision or what what you hope to accomplish, let's say in the next year, whether yeah. as a committee or even just as your contribution to the committee. Um, did were there any, um, you know, for for me anyway, there are little um, sparks of ideas that that come to mind that. Uh, uh, you know, of course, I'll share with the committee later, yeah. <laughs> but, but I'm curious if if you had little sparks of ideas that, you know, just jumped into your head uh, that you'd, you'd like to see yeah. uh, implemented or, or or at least, you know, we figure out how we can, uh, you know, approach those things yeah. in the next year. Um, so when we think about like the pre and the current, pre yes, meaning, yes. well, from the very technical, like the... Um, posters like, so right like the, right our sort of pre-charge the and then yep. the the current charge that we're sort of like engaging mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. um i feel that this sort of aligns best kind of where my mind was which mm-hmm. seems to be a more staff-centric approach mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not i mean we are an academic institution we are employer mm-hmm. we sort of are many things right. but to me the kind of belonging work that i think w- well, I thought like would be most impactful to the immediate community mm-hmm. and that I think is is really where the conversation was last week is like about us as a community of staff mm-hmm. um, and like is the, um, co- uh, you know, is the cobbler's kid wearing shoes, mm-hmm. right? That uh, we certainly want to continue to impact positively our relationship with students, ensuring that we continue to have a diverse and welcoming student body. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But there's sort of, in in our previous charge, I think sort of included a lot of what we do as an academic institution and as an undergraduate college, um, which I sort of fully, fully support. Mm -hmm. I think that the conversation about being focused a little bit more on us Mm -hmm. is also what we need um because it's really easy to us putting our professional hats on Mm -hmm. and not it isn't really easy and sort of trying to move (laughs) that's obviously um that's not true because it's really really hard to Mm -hmm. sort of do our professional jobs and Mm -hmm. and feel like there's an impact there Mm -hmm. but i see kind of our university's belonging initiative um as being very internal focused Mm -hmm. and i think that the items we last discussed at the meeting are really thinking about our development, yeah. our sense of like community within, not just community, right. w- w- sort of with um, with the other mm-hmm. um, sort of populations that we work with. Mm-hmm. And I, so to me, it sort of feels like we are all kind of on that same page. Yes. And I'm like, oh, is this also because I'm in HR and this is sort of what <laughs> feels natural? Right. And I think it's a yes, mm-hmm. but it, it felt that I, I, what this was not sort of like a, I wasn't sort of managing up those responses. Mm-hmm. That this is what we had seen from our surveys. This is we had had seen from our meeting and from the community community membership itself, mm-hmm. committee mm-hmm. membership itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just felt sort of like it aligned. Right. Um, but I think that sort of staff impact and how yeah. do we make everyone feel that they are part of the community and have an equal opportunity to the resources of the community mm-hmm. um, is really really important. That's awesome. Great. Um, so I'm wondering if uh, uh, 
we could talk a little bit more about um, your, um, you know, your current role yep. uh, as director of operations. And has there, uh, so you've been in the role since April of May. this year, yeah. May. Um, has there, again, been, ha have any experiences sort of uh, stood out for you over the yeah. last several months? Like, have there, is there something that, um, you know, just in terms of, coming into this community. I mean, we, we're all here at Yale, but yeah, you know, we have little pockets of communities yeah. In, yeah. in different departments and areas. And I was just curious if, if there's like a memorable moment that stood out for you uh, during your time so far. Um, I will first say that I corrected you just to give myself grace. <laughs> of like, <laughs> like, hasn't been that long. Okay. I don't know anything yet. Um, uh, sort of in terms of what has stood out, mm -hmm. um, I came into the role having been at Yale for a long time, mm -hmm. having at one point been the HR generalist for Yale College. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, like I think I know <laughs> some things mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I knew that I didn't know mm -hmm. a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, and I was right. <laughs> I did not know. Mm -hmm. I did not know a lot of things. Mm -hmm. But that is, I mean, it's... Um, like just the the, the uh, layers on the onion, sort of right, just right. peeling and peeling and peeling. <laughs> yes. I mean, to me, that's like great and fascinating. Right, right. It, it's daunting on a bad day. <laughs> on most days, it's like really great and fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, but our um, sort of residential life, so I work very closely sort of like on residential mm -hmm. with our uh, assistant directors of operations and, mm -hmm. and um, who sort of work in all the 14 colleges mm -hmm. and... Um, as you mentioned, with our partners in facilities and hospitality and sort of other large service providers to mm -hmm. to the college. And I knew how much it takes to sort of move the ginormous wheel mm -hmm. and rock that mm -hmm. like doing all of this work is. But it's wild. Mm -hmm. It's wild how mm -hmm. um big and sort of small events oh, and yeah. by events I don't mean like sort of like a party I mean mm -hmm. sort of like big like uh, calendar activities yes. academic cal mm -hmm. calendar activities mm -hmm. and it's a lot of people it's a lot of effort mm -hmm. and it's astounding and amazing mm -hmm. um, that like things that on the outside will look sort of like seamless it's hard to know I, I don't know like how students perceive them necessarily at this point right. but the level of like um, passion and engagement that our staff have mm -hmm. is so admirable to me. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've often worked with people that really loved your, their jobs, mm -hmm. but like our residential college staff, like all of them will sort of speak about like, you know, you know, the, um, the, the students in a way that is like so deeply connected, like they're right. so connected to the work that they are doing. Yeah. And this is really all of our staff yes. in the college mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that you feel like you're, um, so I was walking around on move in day mm -hmm. and no, how I wasn't doing anything. I was just walking around. <laughs> um, and I've, I've seen move in day so many times. Yeah, yeah. And this year I sort of saw the lead up, right. right. All the, the insane amount of work. Yeah. Yeah. But then even the staff, and it's just a long day, and they've had like a crazy week le leading up to it. Mm -hmm. But you literally, you could see how excited they are right. for the students to come in, mm -hmm. and they, 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 they love it. Versus, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. it's like quiet <laughs> in the summer. But right. like that sort of level of like connection to yeah. work to me feels like what it felt to work 
in like a small nonprofit. Oh yeah. Of yes. like feeling that like we are here and, and I I, I think it's hard for a lot of us. Like we are all here for the mission. Yes. Yeah. I've had many jobs right. across campus, yep. but like, do you feel connect, like how close do you feel to that mission? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that our staff feel the closest, which makes sense. Cause right. I think we're at the very core of it. Exactly. Um, and it feels sort of quite special to sort of like see and watch that right. um, from the staff because, you know, like I'm sure all of us or a vast majority of us work because we have to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but then sort of like find something that you could cling on to to get through yeah. the bad days. Right. And then seeing that being their relationships with our students mm-hmm. and with the residents of the college feels mm-hmm. very impressive and, and just um, inspiring. Yeah. Um, like, okay. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Because, yeah, like you said, it's at the core of what we're here for, right? And and you're right. Like when I when I interact with with the college staff, yeah. um, it's almost like the the students are their kids. Yes. You know, yeah. like th- that's family. Like they they know. You know, they get to know the students and uh, you know work together yeah. and all of those things. And and you know that's the beauty of of why we're here. Yeah. And seeing you know it's it's like um. For for example, for me, I'm more of uh, you know, IT is a little more behind the scenes. Yep. We we don't interact as much with students, but it, but it's nice to see what we're contributing to. Yeah, it feels know? tangible. Yeah, like yeah. like what we do does ma- you know it matters, yeah. and you know here's the you know the output of yeah. what what we're doing, and and yeah, it's it's a wonder it's a wonderful feeling. You yeah, know? and I'll say that it's it's certainly like the the staff so of all of the staff that contributes to this and sort of contributes to yes. the direct college experience right a vast majority of them i don't have a reporting relationship to right. so like our administrative staff right. our deans but our facilities and custodial staff yes. so one of the things that i'm most excited about is senior week mm-hmm. <laughs> not just because the semester will yeah, be yeah. the <laughs> academic year will be over but when i came in last year mm-hmm. it was so I started in May. So mm-hmm. it was really kind of like everyone's oh, like yes. on that high of all the right. celebration of yep. of um, the activities pre-commencement. Mm-hmm. Um, and I even when I worked in HR with facilities and hospitality, I knew of senior week. I mm-hmm. knew of senior dinners mm-hmm. where our students are giving accolades to and gratitudes to all of our staff that mm-hmm. they work with, oh, including. Wow. And I always heard this, like including our custodial staff, including our dining hall, hall staff. Mm-hmm. And now when I walk around campus, like that's that is their community. And you sort mm-hmm. of, I knew that intuitively. Yeah. And when I worked in diversity and inclusion, I worked um, with someone who's no longer at the university, John mm-hmm. Armanderas. Mm-hmm. Um, he was my uh, director then. Mm-hmm. And we had put together a proposal and geez, this is like 10 years ago. It was mm-hmm. like pre, pre my son. Wow. So um, yeah. <laughs> maybe 11 years ago. Right. Right. And it was a proposal to um, for a, a professional conference, and it, our sort of pitch was that in order to get sort of results on student diversity mm-hmm. and on student community, mm-hmm. that our effort needed to be around staff diversity, mm. right? That there's a lot of focus of like, how do we diversify student populations? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and our pitch, which was not accepted at oh, the conference, nice. was around staff diversity, that mm-hmm. our students interact more with, and sort of studies show that our mm-hmm. students, not just just walk around there's yeah. we have 10,000 staff right right yeah we don't have 10,000 faculty right um and our students interact more with staff than they do with 
faculty than mm-hmm. they do in some ways with one another. Mm-hmm. And and that's really where they're sort of developing close relationships. Mm-hmm. And that in order to make the best decisions for that population, mm-hmm. the people making the decisions also needed to be diverse. Right. But then so that the students sort of feel a sense of like that community yes. that they needed yeah. to see a diverse staff. Right. Um, and so we were not like our pitch was not selected. Oh, Maybe I'm still a little, you know, I still have feelings about <laughs> that. I salty. think we were right <laughs> in ahead of our time. Right. But I sort of Absolutely. see that now. Yeah. I, I sort of see that kind of like in action and the impact. Yes. Um, yes. Someone was mentioning the other day that a student a former student, so mm-hmm. they worked in one of the colleges, they are now retired, mm-hmm. that a former student invited them to their 40th birthday party, wow. which is amazing. Yeah. Like that is, and and so the, there continues to be this connection, but that's right. not surprising. Yes. I mean, this is, you are 18, mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. 17, 18, 19, yeah. away from home. Right. You have good friends, but sort of the adults in the space yes. are also providing um, explicit and implicit mm-hmm. critical services mm-hmm. for the students. Mm-hmm. And you see, like, you go into the dining halls, mm-hmm. like, they know everyone's yeah, name. I know, it's so crazy. And it's so impressive. Yeah. I love that. I, me too. I, I really do. I, I'm always amazed. Uh, I I happen to help work on a, a, the Yale, uh, it's called Yale Faces okay. yeah. app. Yeah. And, and um, you know, and, and we, the, the deans get to know and head of colleges, uh, um, heads of college colleges um, get to know all of the students mm-hmm. and I, I'm always just amazed that they can do that on top of their normal duties and yep. and um, you know figuring out their names and yeah. g- just getting to know them and where they're from and their interests and all these things and and that amazes me I mean I have trouble yeah. <laughs> remembering yes. names yeah. myself but to imagine Put it, you know, the amount of energy yep. it would take to um, get to know a few hundred yep. students and develop relationships with all of and these students. And a sense students. of comfort, right? And I mean, like often, yeah. right? Um, I mean, there's all the ways in which they interact. So a lot right. of the students will be student aides. Right, or right. So, but it's also like when you need something and yeah. where are you going to look for that comfort? Exactly. And, um, and that that was provided to them. I'm mm-hmm. sure that... You, this person was not invited to somebody's 40th birthday party because right. they were, you know, um, dismissive of them. Exactly. Right. Yes, um, yes. that's quite a marker for, right. for someone. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, it kind of goes back to what you said earlier, just in terms of how you treat someone. Yeah. Um, it has, it has a lasting impact. Yeah. I mean, for a 40th birthday party, that's, I know. you know, 30, what, what is that? Like 20, 30 years yeah. later that, they, that person still remembers yeah. how you treated they get them. Like, uh, um, staff will get like announcements about engagement. Yes, and invita- yes. I mean, it's to all the milestones. Right. And it's, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and that's an awesome feeling because it, and, and, and I think that that's why, uh, I don't really know, you know, I don't know the statistics about, um, you know, staff and longevity in yep. the, in the colleges or anything like that. But I do know that when I came on board, uh, to Yale college and that, and so I've been in Yale college for 12 years. Yeah. Um, but I know the, the college staff had already, had already been, uh, working in the colleges yeah. for d- decades for yes. some of them. Yeah. And, and then you see why, because it's, you know, it's just this long-term relationship that they develop, uh, with students and kind of going uh, one other point I wanted to 
come back to that you made is just, um, it's unfortunate that your proposal wasn't, (laughs) wasn't accepted, but you know, it brought up a great point that having a diverse staff, um, is important to students because it it kind of links all the way back to that, um, you know, feeling of belonging when you see people who are like you, um, in various, you know, various roles, various, uh, you know, modes here mm-hmm. on, on campus, it, it makes a huge difference in, yeah. in terms of their feeling of belonging here on campus. And, and uh, you know, I, I think that's important, like yeah. you said, in terms of our, our staff development and um, developing a diverse staff and having different faces yeah. uh, all, you know, all over. And, and even the sense of like modeling and like yeah. professional opportunities. Yes. yes. Right. That, um, we're all looking around and up, like mm-hmm. we're constantly assessing. Mm-hmm. I think like at our sort of deep core, we're assessing, is this place a threat mm-hmm. or is this place not a threat? Right. right? That's kind yes, of, yeah. I think we're always doing that. I like know, the yeah. amount of energy, I feel mm-hmm. like I should be way thinner. Um, <laughs> the amount of energy. It could but, only be that easy. <laughs> yeah, right. That's, yeah, my anxiety made me thinner. Um, but I think we're sort of, all of us were always mm-hmm. assessing that yeah. and and some of us more than others mm-hmm. and and many more than me yeah. at, at any given time mm-hmm. and how do we kind of create that space because mm-hmm. me telling somebody that like oh i accept everyone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. etc sort of all the platitudes around sort of creating a space mm-hmm. are quite different than how i actually kind of engage right my behaviors right. are very different right, than right, my right. claims mm-hmm. and and it's those behaviors that we're always watching right. for one another and mm-hmm. that certainly is true for students yes yes um i'm coming into a role where i'm working sort of broadly in operations mm-hmm. closely with the residential colleges mm-hmm. i was not a student in residence mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and to me yeah. it's um uh, 41-year-old me is like anxious about 17-year-old me coming to a place like this, <laughs> Yeah. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I was anxious, go- but I was a commuting student. Yeah, yeah me but too. But even as we think about like our population, we're increasing mm-hmm. the uh, number of students who are first-year yes, college students. Yes, yeah. And the playbook just over generations, you're j- you don't have kind of like a playbook to mm-hmm. resources or mm-hmm. sort of somebody that even in your own family or your network that mm-hmm. is like, oh, this is how you get this or right. that. So like <laughs> a lot of what we're doing is also stepping back and yeah. how do we ensure that everybody has the information? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's there, but do you know where it is? Where it is and who you, to ask. Right, and who mm-hmm. to ask. Yeah. And um, a, a lot of it is how do we also then sort of support the continued um evolving student body that we have as generations have different needs and different Mm -hmm. focuses but certainly like being a first generation college student Mm -hmm. is very different and Mm -hmm. i was gonna say it has to be but i was a first generation college (laughs) student um it it just is like you are you you don't always have a network Mm -hmm. that exists in other places or just like a a spoken language around a lot of what happens through Gosh, when I think about like my college, mm-hmm. high school to college process mm. and where my parents were very supportive, mm-hmm. but very limited in right. terms of like, they were very supportive and they're like, yes, yes you should, right. you, should. you could, yeah. um, but like no sense Recent, really at yeah. all about what any of it, how the how to at all of yeah, the process. Like the resources, right? 
or, yeah 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 and, and i mean they also like we're not english uh, there, there's yeah. a lot of factors right but then also kind of not knowing the system mm-hmm. broad, like about applications mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all like the process and I didn't even to. know that people did college tours. I thought it was like one of the new wave things. <laughs> like, oh, I we, when yeah. I think back, oh my gosh, when I think back to my my experience, yeah. and I I was a commuting student yeah. too, and yeah, I you know there were so many things I didn't know, and and this is a conversation I had with with my other guests uh, this week. I I was introverted and shy. I I. Some things I managed to figure out along the way, but I feel like I missed out on so much because I, yeah. I just didn't, I was, I didn't know who to ask or who to talk to. And it, the way things were structured, if you weren't like sort of an ex, extroverted, yeah. Yeah. you know, loud, you know, student, yeah. then no one really paid attention to you. Yeah. And, um, you know, so there could be all sorts of events and things going on. And yeah, if you if you talked a lot or you, yep. you know, you happen to come by and pester the person in the office yeah. frequently, they took care of you. But if you were really shy, there there really wasn't anything. Yeah. So so I feel like I I missed out on so much because I wasn't on campus. Yeah. You know, I commuted and uh, I just didn't know. I didn't know who to talk to or who yep. to ask. And and I, I had this very same or similar conversation with with my prior guests in in terms of our roles and responsibilities um, here at Yale College for you know not not excluding the ones that that uh, are okay with uh, uh, advocating for themselves, yeah. but you know like not forgetting about students who are in that kind of situation yeah. and and what that must feel like, yeah. And, um, you know, you, you, whatever we can do to, to help them in that process yeah. so that they know what the resources are and know who to ask, you know, questions or where to go and, you know, all of those things is, I can, I can only imagine how scary it is. Yeah. My husband uh, tells me all the time really? he's, uh, reserved and introverted about yeah. how the world really just, um, is, is meant for the extroverted yes it's kind of like for right-handed and right. extroverted people absolutely um absolutely even um our son is still like uh, in his fifth grade school mm-hmm. they still have um you don't have individual desks uh, i mean you have like your desk them, right? everything is grouped yes yes and he's like how yeah yeah um <laughs> to him it's it, my son is not introverted mm-hmm. actually the group setting is probably so, it's good for him. <laughs> the shy thing, perhaps. Right. Yes, but yes. my I, I could see the every time we go into the classroom, I could mm-hmm. see the pain on my husband's face. Thinking really? if he had to sit oh, in a yes, group yes. to do his work, he mm-hmm. just wants to do his work by himself. Ah. But this is I certainly cannot take any credit because mm-hmm. I learned of it, um, mm-hmm. sort of on the roll. But even our Yale camp, so like when the students come in mm-hmm. for orientation week, there was a camp for it was called reserved for yes. for introverted students. Which I, I, I was, was so happy when yes, I saw that. Right? That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I wish that that could have been around, you know, when yeah. I when I went to school, because uh, that's so important because, you, like I said, you miss out on so much because you're just kind of close. You know, you yeah. start to isolate yourself and you're shy. Um, and like I said, you don't know who to ask uh, for various resources or or you don't even know what to ask. Yeah. Because you don't even know if it exists or not. Right. Exactly. <laughs> or, or, right. Yeah. You, know? you don't know well, like how to advocate or ask right. or push. Yeah. Um, 
So you might not believe this, but I wasn't necessarily shy in college, <laughs> but it was also where like there was, when you sign up for classes, I just signed up for what I liked. Yeah, I, yeah. I, not, I didn't even talk to a counselor. Really? Yes. I. It, there was really not in high school, mm-hmm. not in college. Mm-hmm. I was so I my first two years were amazing. Mm-hmm. I was doing like all high level classes, like wow. small seminars, uh-huh. and it was the best. Really? And then <laughs> they were like, awesome. you know, you have to. And do they these, let you. Like, there was no restrictions. <laughs> there was no I, restriction. Oh my gosh! I did my first year in the mm-hmm. spring. I did a pre-law class a pre-law seminar oh my goodness it was so great yeah it was so 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 great Mm -hmm. we went to dc we saw the supreme court and it was amazing yeah everyone else was there were third or fourth years Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, i was like that's right i'm cool (laughs) exactly so it was i loved it yeah yeah. but then like the rude awakening of you actually have to do things that you don't like which is all the 101 so then i was doing that my third year and it was oh my goodness so boring (laughs) yeah i can imagine but i just like it, so to me, it was always like, oh, no one said I couldn't. Right. So no one said, I'm, I'm right. like, good time. Exactly. I'm like right. thinking like, I, I mean, I also um, had plenty of more conventional fun in college. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I love these like classes. Yeah. It was yeah. the best. That's and then awesome. I had to wrap up my year with all the boring stuff. Right. <laughs> <laughs> those are the, oh, man, when oh, I think back painful. to that, I, I remember those days. It was when so painful. You kind of push off, you know, you, you yeah. postpone as long as you can until they say, oh, no, you have to fulfill this requirement. Yes. <laughs> so it never kept me from doing the classes that I wanted, but mm-hmm. then it would kept me from graduating. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like, like you have to really do it. <laughs> need to do this. And they're like, yes, why wouldn't you? <laughs> right, right. Oh, man. Um, but yeah. That's great. Oh, man. Well, Marissa, it, it has been a pleasure. Um, you know, again, just getting to know you even more, even beyond our, our few conversations we had uh, over the summer. Um, so, you know, we, we're at our hour now, and um, I'd like to wrap up with, with a couple things that, that you mentioned uh, early on and, and just throughout the whole conversation, you know, um, giving yourself grace yeah. that, that uh, has come up. That's been a frequent topic that has come up with, with my past guests and um, it, it's important, right? Like, uh, we all misstep, right? Yeah. We all misstep and we f- figure out what that misstep is or what the mistake may have been and, and hopefully learn from it. And, um, you know, I loved your story that you shared early on with, with your experience here at Yale. And it, and it goes to show you that, uh, um, you know, you, people make mistakes or, you know, things happen, but there, you can always turn, turn it back around and turn it into something positive. Um, so I'm just wondering if you have anything that you'd like to, you know, a final note that you'd like to share, uh, or any ideas that you'd like to share about the podcast or, you know, (laughs) your, your time here at uh, Yale college or anything like that, that we could end on? Um, well, I'll say that I, I really appreciate this opportunity. Um, I feel like perfect setting for me to talk about myself. Thank you. Um, And that's a goal. Um, But I I love this opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I really... Um, now I, as I sort of shared off mic, I'm waiting, I was waiting for my session before I listened to the other session as an avid podcast. I'm very excited really? to listen oh. to, um, to the other, uh, recordings mm-hmm. that you have. Mm-hmm. I just didn't, 
you know, uh, want to feel less than other right. showed, oh, up, showed no. up at the mic. You wouldn't. <laughs> um, but I think that this is great and sort of around what I think our um, DIB committee is looking to do, which mm-hmm. is how do we know each other better? How do mm-hmm. we understand each other better? Mm-hmm. Especially mm-hmm. in a place like Yale where it's relationship driven. Yes. Um, which I think is fine and good. I yeah. don't mean that as a sort of a pejorative. Right. I think that like, you know, we need the relationships. And I think that a lot of us sort of, we just sort of want to be on the right side of those relationships right. and sort of feeling understood and heard. And I mm-hmm. think that a lot of it goes to understanding our colleagues. So you're yes. providing a perfect vehicle for that. And oh, I really you. appreciate <laughs> it. Um, and um, I don't know that I have any wisdom <laughs> to sort of- um, That actually was- to wrap yeah yeah this was that great was, that was great and and yes absolutely that that was the the goal you know of trying to create this uh, podcast and um even going back to that whole uh you know introverted student and like i said i i'm i'm still kind of introverted so this is this is stepping outside of my comfort zone but you also did it but. in a very smart way <laughs> which is Thank from you. like a controlling way right, right. where like you're asking right i i find that this is you knowing yourself mm-hmm. and knowing how to push right in a in a way that you're creating something new and valuable mm-hmm. is i, I think that's very smart <laughs> like this was great for us and i think right. great for you but i think yeah. that it was a very smart way of thinking about your strengths versus yes, being, yeah 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 and it's it's helped me in different ways just in, in terms of my professional development but also um just in terms of my relationships uh, uh, with my colleagues and folks that I've, I've interviewed so far on, on the podcast. Um, you know, it's, I, I always try to remember daily, you know, no matter what my interactions may be. And some, you know, sometimes interactions can be positive, you know, they're positive or negative or not, you know, medium, <laughs> you know, yeah, so we're yeah. in the middle. Um, you, you just never, you don't know everyone's background until yep. you have a chance to have a conversation with them. You don't know, what they could be going through, you know, on a daily basis. And, you know, I try to remember that and, and give grace, like yep. you said, to, to folks, because, um, you know, we, we probably see more of each other than we do our own families. Yeah. Yeah. So we kind of, you know, we need some sort of relationship um, in a positive way yeah. to, to do what we do. And, and, uh, and we're, you know, here for the students. So um so yeah, I'm I'm going to end on that note because uh, again, just uh, being able to create a, a a safe space so that people can come here and share things about themselves and feel comfortable enough to share things that um, you know maybe some folks would hesitate to share whatever their uh, uh, you know stumbles may have been along the way, but but I. I appreciate that you were willing to share that with yeah. me today because that that tells me a lot more about you and uh that that was the goal here right yeah. so um thank you so much again um I I'm looking forward to getting to know you even more uh during our work on the on the committee I love our residential college dining halls are yes. a great place yes. <laughs> to eat and talk and get to know one another. Yeah. Uh, two of our residential colleges have great coffee shops, student-run Re- yes. coffee shops. Um, had a great crotado at Silliman yesterday. Did you? Yes. I'll have so, to stop by. Yes, you do. I haven't been there so in a while. Do you know, yeah. Do you know, have you been um, to I've been the to the Acorn and, and the Bean. What's the other the one? The Bean. The Bean. At Franklin. No, I haven't been mm-hmm. there. Interesting. Do they have a clover? 
<laughs> I'm kidding. Um, so I oversee, for those who don't yes, know, I, I oversee Clover for <laughs> for the colleges. <laughs> when he first said Clover, I thought like logo because oh, all yeah. the colleges have like their animal or brand. Right, right. And then I was like, oh, um, I think I know the one place that doesn't now. <laughs> okay. Yes, 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 you do know. Um, yeah, I, I have to stop in. And I when I first saw the acorn, I was like, this is, so you know, again, thinking back to my 18-year-old self, I was like, this is so cool. I would have loved to be involved mm -hmm. with just building something like yeah. this and and I you know and that makes me happy because it's like okay I contributed to that yeah in some way so um so yeah I have to I have to stop by I, I wish it was just a little closer to my office it's not so far I know but in the morning as you know yeah. when you're running around with kids in the morning it, oh, it's a little hectic. morning coffee. Yes, I'm not sure yes. that they would be open that early oh really oh right. well because yeah. it's yeah. run by students right yeah. right <laughs> Um, yeah, I will say that maybe what we can make as like a common goal, yeah. and I don't know if you're interested in this, sure. is the college tees. Yes. I always want to go to more of those. Me too. I would love At to. 15 years I've been saying this. Yes. I've been and saying counting. that too. Yes. Yeah. So let's get at least one together this academic year. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. I would love to. Yes. That. Let me know. I'm on. I'm on um, count me in. Okay. That's awesome. So th again, thank you so much, Marisa. Uh, as you know, we've we've posted the uh, we're posting the ep episodes on the Yale College site, but we're also now available on Spotify, Apple, and uh, SoundCloud. So make sure you follow us I and will. and also on Instagram. Uh, I'll follow so, and rate. Yes, follow, <laughs> please follow, like, all yes. that great stuff. Yep. <laughs> follow, like, share. Yeah. And um, again, thank you so so much. I, you know, I really appreciate uh, getting to know you more and and. You know, again, this has been great for me because I, I love getting to know people and, and uh, you know, my, my extended family here yeah. at Yale. So, um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you.